Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number one of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Here with both of our hosts, Max, Jace, and of course, your lovely, lovely host, Peter. Uh, What's going on, guys? Nothing much, Peter, you know, just excited to talk some football and especially some dynasty fantasy football. Yeah, I'd have to say the same thing, man. I'm uh, ready to get this this boat on the water and get chugging, man. I'm excited to talk some fantasy football with you guys. Well, while it is episode one of the podcast, some might think we're inexperienced. I'd say the exact opposite. So if you have any (laughs) questions for us, DM us on Twitter. It's going to be at Dynasty Monarchy. D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y on Twitter, at Dynasty Monarchy. And if you DM us, you'll have a chance to be featured on our next episode. Should be out sooner rather than later, so your questions will be answered quickly. Uh, So first and foremost, thank you all for listening to the first episode of the podcast. I understand that there's a lot of other forms of entertainment and media out there, but just to have our lovely listeners, that's truly incredible. And first and foremost, round of applause for anybody listening to the first episode. Yeah, anybody absolutely. Here one. Welcome in. Welcome in. Uh, so we're going to start off with reports from around the realm. A little bit of news from all these fantasy teams, all these fantasy players and fantasy teams. Uh, we're going to start off with a quarterback dilemma that a lot of our uh, constituents are finding themselves facing so for all those trying to understand what we're talking about today we have week one of the preseason is just about to wrap up i think we're just missing one game at this point and we saw two rookie quarterbacks absolutely flash and i have never seen twitter blow up like this before in my entire (laughs) life trey lance and justin fields wowed in their preseason debuts i wanted to phrase this question both of you which quarterback are you a more comfortable picking in your startup league? So kind of reaching in the, in the whole startup draft, not the rookie draft. And then B, who do you think will finish higher in points this year? Um, yeah, I guess I'll kick us off here. So I feel personally more comfortable taking Trey Lance. I like, I like the system that he's in better. I think it's a more stable system, whereas in Chicago, I mean, Matt Nagy doesn't know what day it is, yet alone who he's going to play at quarterback. (laughs) But I like Trey Lance better because of the stable system, but I think Justin Fields will score more points this year because I think he'll get the start quicker than Trey Lance will get the start. Yeah, I'm in total agreement there. Uh, The one thing that I'd like to add is, the reason I'm more high on grabbing Trey Lance in a startup draft is that that rushing prowess that he brings to the table. Um, but yeah, like Max said, in the um, going into this season, I think it's going to be a lot easier for Fields to grab that starting job. Whereas Trey Lance, you know, a lot of people have different opinions on Jimmy G, but I mean, the dude's a solid NFL quarterback. So I think he's going to, uh, especially with his lack of experience, he's going to have a pretty rough time trying to uh, grab a hold of that job if Jimmy G's playing like himself. The only the only qualms that I have is Garoppolo led them to a Super Bowl. 
and was one tiny baby throw away from Super Bowl immortality and them probably not drafting Trey Lance and, and reaching right. and going up in the draft, just one baby throw away in the fourth quarter. Uh, that's my only qualm over there. Uh, but when you look at Chicago, Matt Nagy has coached Mitch Trubisky to, I believe it's three consecutive winning seasons, or at right. least 500. I think I would, I, I might be crazy, but I think I'd probably grab fields a little bit higher than Lance because I think Matt Nagy's a very talented coach, but he hasn't had the quarterback talent around him. Whether or not he can find and evaluate talent and draft talent, that's here or there at this point with uh, Justin Fields' pick and then the Trubisky pick. But I think he's a great coach and puts his offensive players in a position to succeed despite Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not being as good as their competition on the other side of the ball. Uh, So we have number one with the quarterback, one news and note. Our second news and note, our little reports from around the realm would be sophomore wide receiver making a lot of offseason news for the New York Jets. Some would say it's not even good news. Denzel Mims <laughs> has been a big talking point this offseason with him taking reps with the twos and the threes during training camp. He lost 20 pounds because of food poisoning and particularly salmon. And I, I look at Max, uh, the resident vegetarian. I'm never <laughs> eating salmon again. I know you probably will. But lost 20 pounds over this. The Jets spent a second-round pick on him last year. Are you comfortable taking a late-round flyer on Denzel Mims at this point? But, by the way, just for context, uh, with today's preseason game, this is a little bit newer. I didn't have this uh, written in to our question yet, but he was – playing special team snaps and making tackles on kickoffs at the start of the game and then flashed with the second team offense and looked like Calvin Johnson out there on the second against second team and third team defenders. And again, against second team or third team defenders. So are you guys comfortable with taking a late round flyer on Denzel Mims at this point, like past the 12th round? I personally think it's a waste of a draft pick. I think that the organization, the Jets, um, they did not, the current people that are in there now, Robert Sala and them, they did not draft him. They don't owe him anything. So that is why I don't think he's playing. And I mean, we see wide receivers miss all the time. You know, the Bears drafted Kevin White a couple of years ago and he's already out of the league and stuff. So, I mean, you miss him, you hit some, whatever it is, but they didn't draft him. They don't really owe him the opportunity or the chance. And just that he's a running second team and third team and then also making plays on special teams like, to me, it's like you said, second, third teamers, and it's special teams. Like, he's not making these great plays or anything. Like, to me, it's nothing special, and I wouldn't waste a pick on him personally. Yeah. I mean, uh, unless you're like in a super deep league with a taxi squad and deep benches, that, that's probably the only context that I would want him if I could throw him there on the taxi because he is such a young prospect and he was pretty highly regarded coming out of college. Um, one thing I'd like to add to what, what Max was saying is I was catching up on a beat reporter um, for the athletic, Connor Hughes, and he oh, talks about, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's been catching a lot of flack this off season, but I'm reading here in this article and I, I kind of see what he's saying. It was like Max was saying, like that the current ownership and the current coaches there really don't like owe him anything with what they're trying to do. 
And um, he's talking about how they went out and got a guy like Keelan Cole, who's like a really well-established route runner. And he's just such a better scheme fit for what they're trying to do. And he's viewing Denzel Mims, this is Hughes, that is, um, is like a good vertical route runner and a good 50-50 ball guy. And that's just not what the current coaching staff is um, trying to scheme into their offense this year. So, yeah, I think best case scenario, like, you got injuries in front of him where he can find himself in the starting lineup. But I think uh, beside that, the best case scenario is that a few years down the road, he gets traded or picked up by someone else um, in a scheme that better fits his athletic profile and what he's able to do on the field. So yeah, uh, deep league with the taxi squad only for me. I've got good news and bad news with Mims. Uh, I'll give the bad news first. His probably ceiling on this offense is the wide receiver three. Because you have Corey Davis, who's going to be the safety blanket for Zach Wilson all season. And then you have the up-and-coming camp star in Elijah Moore. Connor Hughes loves talking about Elijah Moore in his Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, And then he slots in as the wide receiver number three on an offense that doesn't feature three wide receivers a lot. But what about Jamison Crowder? Well, I'm just saying – for a dynasty perspective, he's going to be the the third best receiver on this team that you could target. Uh, and beyond that, I don't think that he has long-term fantasy success in this offense while right. Corey Davis is here and while they draft the Elijah Moore pick seems to be working right. Again, he hasn't played a snap in the NFL yet. But mm-hmm. while those two guys are there, I don't think that he's going to present a lot of fantasy relevance. I think he'll be a great player for some Mm -hmm. team out there, but I don't think he'll do a lot of fantasy relevance for the Jets. But on the flip side, the one thing that I do see is that Salah in his press conference after the game today was talking about Mims and hyping him up like crazy and how much he loves his work ethic and that Denzel Mims asked to be put on the special teams unit. Mm. And he asked to get all these extra reps trying to show the coaches that he's not there just to be a prima donna like a lot of wide receivers tend to be. All right. That's a good point. Absolutely. So I have a question before we move off of uh, Mr. Mims here. But do you guys think – it's just a yes or no. Do you think that – or not a lot more – Denzel Mims will be on the team come next year at this time? Yes. Yeah, I don't know what his current contract looks at, but he's so young – that I, I would imagine he'd still be there, um, especially with Jamison Crowder uh, one foot out the door after this year. So um, they're going to need another guy like that to step up into the wide receiver course. So, yeah, I think he'll be there as well. All right. And moving forward to America's favorite quarterback, Dakota Prescott. He's been in the news lately. Uh, I'm going to read a, a tweet from the Cowboys account. This was blowing up all over Twitter. And I want your initial reaction, whether it's something to be scared about or not. So, yes, scared or no, I'm not scared at all. So this is directly from the Cowboys Twitter account. Quote, unquote, it's not a setback and it's not a reason to worry. But Dak Prescott is planning on getting another MRI. (laughs) Beyond this, the results from the MRI did come out uh, and it said it wasn't anything major and Dak is healing at a remarkable rate. But with all this news of his shoulder and the ankle, do you guys still feel comfortable about taking Dak at the 4-4 that he's getting drafted at right now? Um, 
I mean, it's tough because we've seen Cam Newton with his shoulder and his fall from greatness, you could say. I mean, he was probably the best quarterback, best fantasy quarterback there for a while. And you saw his shoulder and injuries and setbacks and everything. And I know the Dallas Cowboys are tweeting that it's not a setback, but it's tough. At 4-4, I mean, you're, you're skipping out on a lot of good players and a lot of good talent there. So personally, I don't feel comfortable taking him at 4-4 but I'm also a bigger fan of waiting to draft a quarterback later. Yeah, I'm the same as Max. I'm really not worried about Dak's shoulder and, and him coming back from the ankle injury. He's a young dude uh, with a really good work ethic. And um, the shoulder thing, the one thing you brought up Cam Newton, I believe Cam Newton had multiple surgeries on that shoulder and Dak has not had a single surgery on that yet. So Right now, it's just a strain, and it's a lot of big news because people are excited for Dak to come back, and now it's like, oh, now he's he's got this other uh, injury that's lingering. But I think it's early. I think they're going to take care of it. And um, I just recently read something uh, online about how Jerry Jones hasn't even ruled out that he might even play in the preseason. So I think he's on the right track to recovery. And um, I'm with Max. I'm not about drafting quarterbacks uh, within the first five rounds, really. Um, I think all of us here at the dynasty market are down to wait on a quarterback, but, um, yeah, no, I really don't have worries. And if you're out there in a the league right now and the Dak Prescott owner, uh, owner that is, is selling because of this injury dip, I would be buying that up big time right now. I would too, you know, you watch hard knocks, you watch his Twitter and how he does his press conferences and everything. And it's so hard not to suck yourself into everything that he is and, and just the great person that he is. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think I have a little bit of a bias in that, that he's just such a great human being off the field and in everything that he does off the field that I'm perfectly fine with taking him at the four, four, to mm, be honest, I know. I love waiting on quarterbacks, but he is the one guy that I always, always, always will vie for no matter what. Uh, right. Dak is such a talent. He's in such, such, such an incredible offense with so many weapons. He has the military budget for weapons <laughs> in, in that <laughs> offense. Such a great <laughs> offensive line. At 4-4, I know it's very pricey, and I know I'm skipping out on a lot of players, but I still feel like at 4-4, I would take him reluctantly. But mm -hmm. even if he falls to the fifth round, like early fifth, I would gobble him up. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a stable force in your lineup, at least I think. So, yeah, teach their own. If you want to lock up a guy like that that you think um, provides both a really stable floor because of the weapons, and those weapons also provide him a really high ceiling. Um, and like you said, that offense is incredible. So, yeah, I mean, teach their own. If you want to eat them up in the 4-4, I really don't have that much to say about it, honestly. Like, it's just a personal preference to wait. So I really like what you're saying about Dak. Yeah, Peter, I mean, if you want to scoop him up with the 4-4, I just want to get in as many leagues as possible with you. I mean, I'll, I'll <laughs> let you take him there any day of the week. So keep starting up some leagues. I'll get in. <laughs> All right. That was reports from around the realm. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Uh, DM us with your fantasy questions, problems, trade scenarios, mocks, whatever you want for a chance to be featured on the show. I think next week we're going to have a little section where we're going to read some of your questions. So let us know on Twitter. And again, it's at Dynasty Monarchy. And without further ado, we're going to get into a mock draft. 
We're going to be doing a mock draft in today's episode. We have Max drafting from the nine spot. I'll be drafting from the six, and then Jace will be drafting from the three. It's a 12-man, half-point PPR dynasty league, uh, and we're excited to get it going. So I'm going to start it up right now with the first pick and second pick. It goes McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, respect, respectfully. Uh, and then Jace is on the board here at 1-3. Yeah, so 1-3 here. Um, I'm definitely going to eat up one of these running backs here. Um, and uh, with Alvin Kamara basically being the only option, I mean, people can debate back and forth about what he's going to be this year and what him being the only option there could uh, provide for defenses to zero in on him and, and whatnot and maybe like, his decline with Taysom as starting quarterback. I, I'm not reading into any of that. I'm trusting the athlete himself um, and him being uh, most likely their lead in, leader in target share and carries this year. So I think he's going to be a volume beast this year. I'm going with uh, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, to be honest, I think the only thing that stops Kamara this year is injury. And mm -hmm. I have the board fall to me in the worst possible way that I could have picked. I have, so again, it goes Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor at four, and then Saquon Barkley at five. And I'm sitting here staring down Derrick Henry, who I want mm. absolutely nothing to do because of his age and his workload. He's 27, about to be 28. Uh, and he has over 300 carries each season for the last two seasons. The addition of Julio Jones, a new offensive coordinator in town, there's so many question marks around Derrick Henry that I just want to avoid him like the plague. I don't feel comfortable <laughs> taking Nick Chubb here. I see a decline with Zeke. So I look to wide receiver. I see Tyreek Hill here. I'm perfectly fine with drafting Tyreek Hill uh, in this spot. And I think I'm going to just because I'm not ecstatic with the running back options here. And I know mm -hmm. I'm locking down Patrick Mahomes, number one option for the next three or four years, uh, and then I'm looking to get a running back in the second round. So I go Tyree Kill, and then it goes Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Max on the board at 1-9. Yeah, you know, I, like Peter said, I have no interest in Derrick Henry, um, so I'm glad he went. And Nick Chubb, I love Nick Chubb a lot, but at the same time, Nick Chubb is, uh, he's also 25, and I know he just got a new contract with the Browns and everything, but I didn't really have any interest in him. And, I mean, I'm really happy with how the board fell, honestly. I get my, personally, number one dynasty wide receiver. And I know he's a little bit older, but he's got Rodgers this year, and he will be a free agent next year. So, I mean, to get Devontae Adams and start with him on my team, I'm ecstatic as well. So, Devontae goes at the 1-9 to Justin Jefferson, to Stephon Diggs. Najee goes at the turn, one twelve. DK at 2-1, and then Zeke at 2-2. That's that's interesting. For a half-point PPR league, a lot of these wide receivers are going. Patty Mahomes at 2-3, and then Max is back on the clock at 2-4. Yeah, so I have a really long wait, and if I don't get a running back here, I'm going to be left with guys like Dave Montgomery, Miles Sanders, and Chris Carson. So I think I have to look at running back here as much as I want to take A.J. Brown or Calvin Ridley. So looking at running back here, our options are Aaron Jones, but I already have a Packer. And then we have J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Gibson, and Clyde. Um, for me, and I think the boys here at the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, they know how much I love Gibson. 
And to get a running back that's 23 that I think has top five upside this year, I'm really excited for to do that. So just, Devontae and Gibson's very just very... pass on him. Pass on him for me. Let him fall to me at one six, please. No, no, no. I'm gonna take what he I mean to me, Gibson's a top eight running back and dynasty moving forward, I can really see him creeping into that top five. So Gip, Gibson's the pick for me. Yeah, I love Gibson. He's got a little bit of a little bit of that wide receiver in him from his college days. Uh, I think he's going to be incredible moving forward. Uh, Max and I recently had a trade. Maybe we'll tease it in the next episode. But I got Antonio Gibson from him for a very pretty penny. Mm -hmm. So uh, it goes Gibson at the 2-4, Aaron Jones at the 2-5, A.J. Brown at 2-6, and I'm back on the board here at 2-7. So I got Tyreek Hill already. And at 2-7, I'm looking at running back because, again, I don't want one of those lower-tiered running backs. So I see J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Clyde, Joe Mixon, and Austin Eckler. I am not at all happy with Dobbins in this spot. I feel like there's a lot of running backs on the board who have proven potential, and I feel like Dobbins working off of one year uh, with a lot of high touchdown, that high touchdown volume – I don't think he's going to be able to repeat that year, especially with Lamar getting a couple more weapons in the offense. Uh, I look at Swift. He's too many question marks. Clyde is great, but I'm going to take a gamble here on a guy who's made out of glass uh, and Joe Mixon. Wow. All right. Joe Mixon, 25. I feel like he's got two more years left and I'm going to be building my team that way where I have Tyreek Hill, who is 27. I'm going to be, Reaching a little bit on Joe Mixon, I think he's incredible. He's a three-down back, the only three-down back at this point in the draft that's still left. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm going to take that workload and the Joe Burrow dump downs because of that terrible offensive line. Uh, And then it goes Clyde at the 2-8, Calvin Ridley at 2-9. That was very tempting. Uh, And then 2-10 falls Jace. Yeah, so I'm kind of a tough spot, but I do have the turn to look forward to um, a lot of good wide receivers on the board. Um, DeAndre Hopkins still hitting, sitting there. I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of JK Dobbins. He's the next one in ADP. Uh, same as you. I think there's too many rushers in that offense. You got Lamar. He's an, he's an asset himself in the running game and Gus Bus just got himself a two year deal. So I worry about how much volume he'll actually see. The efficiency might be through the roof, but I'm chasing volume this year. Um, just like my Camara pick. So I'm scooting down the board here and um, I'm going to grab myself another running back that I truly trust heading into this season. Um, and that's Austin Eckler. So Great he pick. would be my pick at 210. Great pick at 210. He's got a lot of guaranteed value this year with Herbert. Uh, so it goes Eckler 210, Dobbins 211, Hopkins 212, which is insanely, insanely late <laughs> right. for his talent. Uh Again, he's a little bit older, but that's crazy that he went that late. DeAndre Swift at the 3-1. Terry misses Jason, gets sniped. Golly, yeah, that hurts. I love me some Terry McLaurin. Yeah, if you follow me on Twitter. Oh, go ahead. Then, uh, Sorry, my bad. The 3-3 falls to Jace here. Yes, yes, sorry. Sorry to cut you off. But, yes, if you follow me on Twitter, I just recently posted some analysis on Terry McLaurin, and uh, I am all over him just head over heels in love with him. So that, that really hurt to see him go the spot right in front of me. But now 
I'm sitting here at three, three and I'm staring down Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Um, and while I do believe Kelsey is the best fantasy tight end in the game, I do worry about him being 31 turning 32 this year. He's been a, just an absolute freak in the health department the last few years. And, you know, you never want to predict injuries or anything like that, but the wheels fall off pretty quick. And not that I'm predicting the wheels falling off. I just think his age makes him a little riskier. And uh, I'm going to grab George Kittle here, who is uh, only 27 years old, could be stepping right into his prime as a tight end here. All he has to do is stay on the field. And you know Shanahan's going to uh, scheme him up real nice, and he's going to eat in fantasy. So George Kittle at the 3-3. Before we move on here, Peter, um, I wanted to say something about George Kittle. I was talking to Peter about it the other day, Jason. Peter mm-hmm. was saying how George Kittle is always injury, injured and how he's injury prone and can't stay healthy. And mm-hmm. he's got this narrative, but it's just because he missed the last half of last year. And then when you go back and you look at his stats, out of the past four years, he's only missed, I think, like eight games or something like that. So mm. he plays more times than not. And, I mean, he's a physical specimen when it comes to, like, an athlete. And he fights mm-hmm. through a lot of injuries, you know. So right. I think yep. that, that's a great pick for you there. Yeah, if he can play, he's going to play. So absolutely. Yeah, whereas – um. Yeah, Kelsey's getting up there in age, man. That was a tough decision be, uh, between the two, but yeah, he's just got to stay healthy. And uh, I don't think that narrative is as bad as everyone makes it to makes it out to be. Yeah, I, I was proven wrong when Max said that. I fell victim to the uh, the the media Twitter uh, telling mm-hmm. me that Kittle was always hurt. Uh, but something I did want to mention about Kittle for two seconds. We'll we'll get onto mm-hmm. my pick. Uh, mm-hmm. Kittle is really great as he is with Jimmy Garoppolo. But mm-hmm. just think how often Lamar uses Mark Andrews as a True. security blanket. I can True. see Trey Lance just dumping Kittle the ball off every five mm-hmm. yards when he gets pressured really hard. If he can't run or if they're playing quarterback contain on him, that means a linebacker is going to be on him. And that means a linebacker is not on Kittle. So mm. extremely think, good point. I think he'll be really good when Trey Lance finally inherits the offense. So at three mm-hmm. three, uh, George Kittle goes to Jace. It goes C.D. Lamb at three four, and Travis Kelsey at the three five. And I get all of my dreams to come true. A lot of people are a little bit lower on this back uh, because of an off season addition of Kenyon Drake. I still see a twenty three year old running back who has finished in the top ten, uh, top twelve twice, I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe that's I- right. So he has finished in the top 12 in both of his seasons. Josh Jacobs is an easy pick. Everybody is so low on him for no reason. I understand you're going to lose a little bit of productivity this year, but to get a running back of this caliber at 3-6, I think is an absolute value. Um, And then from 3-6, it goes Chris Godwin at 3-7, Josh Allen at 3-8, and then 3-9 falls max. Yeah, I mean, I was fine taking at 3-9 either Kyle Pitts or Darren Waller. Um, to have Devonta Adams, who's a little older, um, Gibson's right in the perfect age for me in my window. And de- not saying that Devonte's only got one or two years left, but he is getting up there in age as well. So uh, we touched on it a little bit, but I, I'm more win now, obviously. And mm-hmm. I'm going to take who I think is, I mean, any given Sunday, the best tight end in football. I mean, Derek Carr's literal favorite target. So. I'm going to take the Walla Walla Walrus, and I'm very happy to get him here. <laughs> Something to note. There was 
almost no additions that wide receiver core. No serious additions. They had John Brown, but really nothing going on in that wide receiver core. So the targets are going to be there for Waller if he can stay healthy. Um, so it goes Waller at 3-9, Kyle Pitts 3-10, Jamar Chase. I know you like that pick, Chase. Jamar yeah, Chase. Fade Chase. At, fade Chase, everybody. Fade, fade Chase. Chase. <laughs> uh, Jamar Chase at 3-11, Travis Etienne at 3-12, Michael Thomas 4-1. Man, has this stock just plummeted. All right. A-Rob at 4-2, DJ Moore at 4-3, and then Max is back on the board at 4-4. Yeah, I mean, I'm back at the board at 4-4. We touched on it a little bit. I mean, the ADP wants me to take Kyler Murray. Um, it's tempting to take Kyler Murray because he puts up so many points, but this is right where we take Dak Prescott in our little mock draft. So um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take Dak Prescott here, but I am going to take a guy that I'm extremely high on and that I think is due for a top 10 season 100%. And that's Keenan Allen. Um, I think Ooh. Justin Herbert makes a huge step Great. this year. And Keenan, I mean, Mike Williams is there, yes. And. I mean, they lost Hunter Henry, so you got to think all those targets. And I know Eckler's going to get targets. But what, what we didn't talk about with Eckler is that uh, the new coach actually came out and said they're going to use like a variety of running backs. So I could see him yeah. using the hot hand there and not giving Eckler as many passes. So I think Keenan Allen, I mean, they call him the space alien, the space man, whatever you want to call him. The man, the man can play, and he can make some insane cuts and moves. So... To have him and Devontae as my one and two wide receivers, you can't beat it. Yeah, Max's team's looking very scary. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got Devontae, Keenan Allen, Antonio Gibson, and Darren Waller. He's probably going to win most weeks at all of those positions. I say most mm-hmm. weeks, not all weeks. Uh, that, that's a very formidable lineup to start. Uh, so after Allen goes Javonta Williams at 4-5, his ADP keeps creeping up like crazy. I don't doubt that he'll be into the early third by the time the season starts. If you're doing a dynasty uh, redraft then. Uh, and then it goes mm-hmm. Kyler Murray at the 4-6. And I'm on the board at the 4-7. I know I said I would take Dak in this kind of area position. Uh, mm-hmm. But with the way that the board is falling, a lot of quarterbacks haven't gone. Uh, so I'm willing to pass on Dak and look at all this other talent that I have here. It's not like there's going to be a, a rush on premium quarterbacks at this point. So I'm looking up for a second wide receiver. I see Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, T. Higgins, and Ayuk. I love Mike Evans and Amari. Mike Evans is 27, while Amari is 27 as well. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm drafting today, I grab Mike Evans. But Interesting. if by the time the season starts and Amari Cooper is completely healthy, I will take mm-hmm. Amari Cooper. Mike Evans is just your guaranteed 1,000-yard guy and a great wide receiver, too, to have on your team. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm going to grab Mike Evans and just get that nice Tom outside. Brady link. Yeah, and he, yeah, he's right. the end zone guy. Right. Uh, the 4-8 falls Cam Akers with his terrible injury. Uh, Miles Sanders at 4-9, and then 4-10 gets Jace. So, yeah, I do not have a single wide receiver yet. Um, I have Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, and George Kittle filling out my lineup right now. And David Montgomery, man, I, I know he got injured today. I don't think it's anything significant from what I've been reading. Um, I don't think it's been MRI'd yet to, you know, to make that certain. But, man, he's pretty tempting because I've been really rising on him um, over the past couple weeks. But I, I don't think I can cut myself off from these wide receivers. 
Um, so yeah, where you went Mike Evans over Amari Cooper, I'm going to scoop up Mr. Cooper um, as my wide receiver one. I think he's rock solid and he's been with Dak for a while now. So I think he's going to have a good, a good year. I don't think that, um, I don't think CD's going to take too much away from his plate. I think Amari's too good of a wide receiver for that to happen. All right. I, I love the Cooper pick. You know, I probably would, uh, again, I would have taken him at the four seven if I knew for mm-hmm. 100% certain that he was going to be healthy for week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it falls Cooper at Jace's pick at the 410. Then it goes David Montgomery, Chris Carson, 5 1 of Lamar Jackson, 5 2 Mark Andrews, and Jace is back on the clock at 5 3. Yeah, back on the board here. Um, I need another wide receiver here. I'm not going to go quarterback. Um, T Higgins is staring me down and that's your man. All, all, all summer I've been T Higgins over Jamar Chase. Um, and you know, I'm not going to fight with anyone too hard about it, but you know, I think the guy's already proven what he can do on the NFL level and Jamar Chase hasn't, you know, he hasn't played ball since 2020. So, um, yeah, I worry about Jamar Chase stepping in and being able to, to handle it and get accustomed to the league. And, um, I think what, T. Higgins was drafted to replace A.J. Green, and last year he showed that he could really do that, and a lot of it was with terrible quarterback play. So I think a full season of Joe Burrow, the Bengals being down a lot of games, airing it out, I think T. Higgins is going to be a monster this year. So uh, T. Higgins will be my 5-3 pick. So T. Higgins goes 5-3. It goes, oof. Oh, this hurts. No. You hate to see that, Peter. <laughs> it goes on a little quarterback run of Justin Herbert and then Dakota Prescott. Dak Prescott gets sniped right before me by Team 5. I should have known it. Uh, <laughs> but I have, no, I have no regrets. I have no regrets. I got an elite number one that's linked to Tom Brady and a great offense down in Tampa Bay in exchange for Dak Prescott just to get sniped by one pick. He almost made it, but it's okay. Uh, so I stand right here and I realize that when you're drafting, you either have to punt on quarterback or you have to punt on tight end early. Uh, and with my quarterback not here that I feel comfortable with taking, uh, the next best quarterback would be Russell Wilson, but he is 32. Uh, I look to tight end and there is a 24-year-old tight end who is the number one target on his mm-hmm. offense. There is absolutely mm-hmm. nobody around to help besides DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. I'm going to take TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I think Great he's going pick. to put up an absolute monster year, especially with the vacated targets of Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Great pick. Uh, so from Hawkinson, it moves Chase Claypool and then Kareem Hunt. And then at the 5-9, Max is on the board. Yeah, I'm sitting here at 5-9. I got a big smile on my face. I didn't think this player would get to me. And that player is Brandon Ayuk. I mean, I'm not going to give you guys too much because in a later episode, he is one of my my guys this year. Um, so I'll leave you guys coming back for that episode. But Trey Lance is only rising in stock. It's only a matter of time before he takes over there. In that, in that offense, in that system, I mean, Ayuk last year, what he was able to do as a rookie. And I know Debo and Kittle missed time, but he's very special. He was a first-round draft pick for a reason. I mean, he can run the ball, he can catch the ball, he can run deep, short, medium, whatever you need him to do, he can do it. Um, to get him in my flex spot, my wide receiver three, that's that's game over. GG's. Uh, so Ayuk goes 5'9", Devonta Smith 5'10", Galladay 11, Russell Wilson 
512. Mm. Gaskins, 6-1. Cooper mm. Cup, really quick on Gaskins. He was getting the second team reps mm-hmm. uh, at the game today. I don't know if they're just trying to test out Malcolm Brown or I don't know what's going on. Just keep an eye on that moving forward if you're trying to be an informed dynasty player. Uh, Cooper Cup at 6-2. James Robinson at 6-3. And the Max is back on the board at 6-4. I am, and I look at my team, and I have Devontae, who's, I mean, my wide receiver one, Gibson, Waller, Keenan Allen, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, my wide receivers are set, and I'm in love with them. Gibson, I love. Waller, I love. But you obviously notice the gaping hole at running back two. And to me, it's like I either can take a running back two right now, or I could take Aaron Rodgers and pair him with Devontae. But I think Aaron Rodgers will get back to me, whereas I don't think this running back is making it back to me. Um, it's just it's one of the benefits before drafting a Peter, and that is uh, I get to draft Michael Carter every draft. Wow! Whoa! And that's a yeah, you can you can call it a reach, you can call it whatever what, but when you are drafting more on the turn, you got to take a little reach sometimes. And out of all these guys, I have Ronald Jones, Chase Edmonds, Trey Sermon, Michael Carter. I'll take the upside Michael Carter on the Jets, and I know he's not getting back to me, so I'm going to take Michael Carter here. As the resident Jet fan on the podcast, uh, fully open and honest about it. You can boo if you'd like. Uh, I see Michael Carter, and I see the running back by committee, and I think he's going to be great, but he did not have a good showing today at all in the preseason game against the Giants. He looked slow. He looked sluggish. And Ty Johnson looked like he had a lot of pop in his run. Again, it's just the first first uh, preseason game. Maybe the coaches told him, only go at half pace. We don't want you getting hurt for the season. Maybe Ty Johnson had something to prove, trying to fight for a spot on the roster. But just something to keep an eye on as well. And Ty Johnson was running with the first team. Michael Carter was the second option at running back. Yeah, Michael Carter, he's not he's not a, a fast guy, really. He doesn't have that like breakaway speed. But, but he, is, he, he has good vision. And, I mean... I'll take the upside with him. Like I said, the, the options were limited. I'm not going to take any of these other mm-hmm. running backs over him. So I'd rather have the high upside play there. Yeah, yeah he's also – go ahead, Peter. No, 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 no. I was just saying that's fair. Oh, yeah. So one thing I'd like to add on Carter, too, is coming out of college, too, he was looked at as primarily a pass catcher out of the backfield, too. So that's what you'd really like to see. I mean, nobody's sitting here predicting Michael Carter becoming a three-down back, but the hardest part of becoming a three down back is getting the passing volume. And uh, I believe he has the tools to do it. And, you know, it, it might be a while down the road, but I think he's got a pretty good shot of becoming a three down back for this team. And, you know, I didn't get to watch him in the preseason or anything today, but, you know, we've seen Ty Johnson in the past. And I don't, I'm not too worried about him and Tevin Coleman um, really eating away at what he can do. So yeah, yeah, Michael yeah. Carter, a little bit of a stretch, but, you know, he's got the tools to be successful in a really young offense with a really good coach. So I'm excited for him, too. Real real quick, Peter, before you make your pick, I know you're on the clock. Uh, Ty Johnson had nine carries for 33 yards today. Michael Piron had 12 carries for 30 yards, and Michael Carter had seven for 22. So they're all split in time there. And the number mm-hmm. one receiver today for the Jets was Denzel Mims with three catches Ooh. for 51 yards. So. <laughs> Denzel Mims to the moon. But go ahead, Peter. Make your pick. Uh, really quick. I know we're getting off topic, but two seconds. Just bear with me. The Denzel Mims, he got 20 yards on one play, and it was like third and 18, and he caught the ball like only a couple yards in and, and made a lot of like jukes and, and ran through people to get to the first down yard. 
it looked like he was really playing for his job out there today, which I, I honestly think he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Judy at the 6'5", Deontay Johnson at 6'6". I would have liked Deontay Johnson, but I look at my team right now. I'm very good at wide receiver. Uh, I'm pretty good at running back with Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs, but I'd also like to add to that uh, kind of lottery that I have at running back. Who knows who's going to be either playing well with Josh Jacobs having his carries taken away from him by Kenyon Drake or the catches taken away and Joe Mixon being made at a glass for the most part of his career. So I'm going to take a stab at uh, Chase Edmonds, who's looked really good at a camp. Uh, Mm -hmm. Chase reported that I saw him in the preseason game the other day. He looked like he was getting a lot of work too. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I love Chase Edmonds in the sixth round, especially mid sixth right here. Absolutely. Uh, So it goes Edmonds to Waddle at 6'8", Chark at 6'9", nice, and then Jace on the board (laughs) at 6'10". So this pick's pretty easy for me. Now, going back around later, I I did get, once I saw T. Higgins' name pop up on my thing, where I was at, I I mean, it was pretty much an auto pick in my head. But looking back, I honestly might have taken Cooper Cup in that spot because I really believe in what um, Matthew Stafford can do with the ball and how much I think the Rams are going to be airing it out this year with the injury to Cam Akers. So I might have considered Cup in that spot, but if I couldn't get Cup, I like the value here. I'm getting Robert Woods uh, within the tick, uh, oh, the 6'10 spot. Excuse me. Yeah, Woods there is a great value. He's a little bit older, but at this point, a lot of these wide receivers are either going to be older or have some question marks around them uh, in these 6th and 7th and 8th rounds. Uh, so it goes Robert Woods to Julio, to Adam Thielen mm-hmm. at 6'12". Cortland Sutton at 7-1, who I hope would have gotten back to me, but alas. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 7-2. 7-3 is up with Jace now. Yep, so um, I already got a tight end. No offense, the one sitting there. I'm actually really not used to having one of these top-tier tight ends. I haven't really been drafting out of the first three spots or early on in the draft where these guys usually land. So no offense, goodbye, you're not on my team. And I feel like Tyler Lockett, uh, his uh, – his inconsistencies last year really dropped his his draft stock. Um, but for my team context to be my wide receiver four in a two wide receiver league with a flex. So, um, you know, I think there's no better flex in the game than uh, Tyler Lockett at this point. So he, I'm going to eat him up with uh, my 7-3 pick. Yeah, it's a great pick. I heard a different podcast this week. They were talking about Lockett. And they said, if you flipped his season where he had – Originally, he had great numbers at the start and kind of bad numbers towards the end. If you flipped it at week eight and he had bad mm-hmm. numbers at the start but great numbers at the end, he'd be probably three rounds earlier. Right, but 100%. No, he, he's a really good value there. Extremely uh, good point. Trey Sermon at 7'4", Juju Smith-Schuster at 7'5". That is – I'm not going to say I'm the biggest Juju fan, but he's still really young and on a one-year deal. I, I think that's mm-hmm. great value if you can snag him up somewhere in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. Uh And I look at my team now, I have two running backs, two wide receivers, Hawkinson, and then Chase Edmonds in my flex. So I look to quarterback. Uh, I see Joe Burrow there, who I'm not really all that high on. So I'm I'm more willing to wait now uh, than filling out that quarterback position. Uh, There are guys like Debo Samuel, Odell, Rashawn Bateman in these wide receiver spots. This 7-6 pick is really not my favorite because Juju kind of slipped out of it. I don't want to take another tight end in Dallas Goddard because I already spent a capital pick on 
Hawkinson. So I'm, I'm going to force myself into wide receiver here. There's still really great uh, value here. Mm-hmm. I know everybody's high on Ayuk, but there is one guy who's tried and true in that San Francisco offense. Outside of injury, he is the number one wide receiver, not tight end or not number one target, but he is the number one wide receiver over the last couple of years. I think I grabbed Debo Samuel here. He's still 25. I feel like a lot of people think he's older. Uh, mm-hmm. Debo's great value here in the seventh round. He's going to have his boom weeks. He'll have his bust weeks. But to have him as a second option at flex is great. Absolutely. I like that pick a lot, man. They scheme him up incredibly well. Shanahan loves him. And, you know, you got, if anybody out there is uh, fans of the fantasy football, there's a great podcast. Shout out to them. But, you know, he's a man. Like, when he has the ball in his hand, he is not afraid to make a move and run somebody over. So, um, if he can stay healthy, he's a beast out there and just a fantasy machine. All right. So we go Debo Samuel at 7 6. AJ Dillon goes at 7 7. Mm. Sorry, Jason Max. Ouch. Uh, Dallas Goddard at 7 8. And Max is on the board at 7 9. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wanted AJ Dillon there. So it stings. But at the same time, it's like I've come around not to be on AJ Dillon because if Rodgers leaves and if Adams leaves, I just don't see a world where A.J. Dillon can be this guy with Jordan Love and no wide receivers to take any pressure off him. So it's nice to get him while, where I can, but I'm I'm glad he didn't go there so I didn't have to take him, honestly. It will save uh-huh. me It will save me some headache later on. <laughs> but who I am going to take is a guy that, I, I mean, I don't mind, and I think for our running back three, I think he could be pretty solid for me, and that's Ronald Jones. I mean, Lenny's Rojo. there. And Leonard Fournette, I mean, we know what he is. He did well in the playoffs. He almost got cut with um. He got cut by Jacksonville. Like he, he's a solid guy. And I mean, God forbid an injury happens to him, Rojo is going to be a really work down back. I mean, you look at his numbers last year, and he was in double digits quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and he had some big games, so I got no issue taking him in the seventh round here. So it goes Ronald Jones at the 7-9, who I, I really do love. Melvin Gordon at 7-10, Noah Fant 7-11, Rashawn Bateman 7-12, LaVisca Chenault at 8-1, which is, is criminal. He's probably going to be the number one target in Jacksonville, and he's so young. Uh, Joe Burrow at the 8-2, Odell Beckham at 8-3. Sorry, Max, you can't have Odell this year. Uh, <laughs> and then 8-4 goes back to Max. That's okay. I played the waiting game. I, I I ended up waiting another round than I wanted to to take this man, but um, mm, to stack to stack Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams. I mean, again, I said it was GGs earlier when I got Ayuk. We're like at GGGs now. I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. I like the mystery box of where he gets to go next year, and in Green Bay with Devontae Adams, we know what he can do. So, a hundred percent taking Aaron Rodgers. The last yeah. stand squad, man. That bothers me because I was going to grab Rodgers here. And and to your credit, the mystery box you're talking about, I'm a firm believer that he is not going to screw himself over by putting himself in a bad situation. So he will be fantasy relevant next year, mm-hmm. you know, as long as he can stay healthy. He will go somewhere that will put weapons around him. He's not going to go to the, the Lions. Or maybe he will, right. and people will follow him like Brady. Who knows? Yeah, one thing but, I'd like to add too is he is a—he's uh, only thirty-seven, I believe. He's thir- turning thirty-eight this season. In a recent press conference, he said he wants to play into his forties like Brady. So, you know, as a dynasty asset, it is not—you know—he's not a short-term 
guy necessarily. He he has the potential to be here for another five years, and we we know who he is and what he can do. So, yeah, really love that Rodgers pick, and I love that stack for you, Max. Thank you. All right. So after Rodgers goes, Tyler Boyd at 8-5, and then Michael Pittman, 8-6. I've been cooling down on Pittman, so thank God he didn't fall to me. <laughs> I look at my board now. I have two running backs plus Chase Edmonds, so I have three backs. I have three wide receivers, and I feel like I'm going to need more wide receiver depth than I already have. While it would be nice to grab a quarterback here, I think I can find one in the ninth round uh, of semi-equal value, uh, at least for this year or the next couple years. While there are running backs out here like Damian Harris, uh, who's a little bit younger, who is a mystery box in, in, in it of himself, I do like Curtis Samuel a lot. Mm-hmm. He's 25. He's going to be the number two option in Washington. And just to get a little piece of the pie in case that offense goes nuclear, that would be great in the eighth round. Very nice pick. So I go Curtis Samuel, 8'7", and then it goes Harris at 8'8", eight, eight, Raheem Mostert at 8'9", and then Jace is on the board at 8'10". So now uh, I'm sitting here. I got – Let's see, four wide receivers, two backs, and a tight end. So I'm pretty needy for quarterback here. Um, I think I'm just going to lock in the upside right now and just grab Trey Lance right here. Um, I know he might Whoa. start. He might not start out of the gate here. I, I'm really uncertain about Mr. Jalen Hurts, but um, I'm going to take a risk here and I'm going to grab the upside of Trey Lance at this 810 spot and then see what kind of vet falls to me. In, in the later rounds that I could start week one and week two or however long it takes for Lance to grab uh, a hold of the starting gig. Yeah. He's like one of those loot boxes where uh, it like guarantees that you win. It's like one of those Mm -hmm. scratch off lottery tickets where it guarantees like, Oh, you'll at least win this amount of money. Even Mm -hmm. if you pay $10, you'll at least win five back. Right. Right. Uh, He's one of those guys where there is the risk, but there's just so much upside that you really can't see it going all the way terrible. All right. Ian, uh, sorry, real quick, Jason. I mean, you mentioned my stack with Rodgers and Adams. You got now Trey Lance and Kittle, and that's something that I've been trying point. to get in as many leagues as possible. And that's like a very, very deadly combo for years to great come. Great point. I didn't even think of that. So yeah, great point. I'm I'm even happier with my pick now than I was before. Uh, so Lance goes eight ten. Robbie Anderson eight eleven. He looks like the guy. I'll, I'll tweet this out. Uh, he looks like one of those guys from The Simpsons, like one of those uh, those guys with the dreads from The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, String uh, bean. Yeah, whatever his name is. Uh, Mike Davis at the 8-12. Mike Kosicki at 9-1. Jersey native represent. James Conner at 9-2. And then Jace back on the board at 9-3. Yeah, so here we are. We are. I'm sifting through here. A lot of decent wide receivers on the board. A lot of, a lot of young guys. Peter, I could just snipe you right here and grab you your boy Elijah more but you know I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty slim and he's forgiving depth department so um yeah I think you know it might seem like a stretch but um I, I I'm really not interested in these middling backs like Zach Moss and Fournette and Kenyon Drake I mean not so much Kenyon Drake I'm more interested in the upside of one of these cream of the crop handcuffs so it might be a little bit of a reach but I just want to make sure I can start to lock up some depth with some upside in that RB slot. So I'm going to grab Tony Pollard here. Yeah, I, I know you're a big fan of Tony Pollard, Chase, so I'm glad you could get him there. And, I mean, if something does happen to Zeke, I mean, you have a top 10 running back. 
Usually. He's 20, 24 years old with Dak Prescott on that military budget offense. So Right, absolutely. And then, so after Tony Pollard goes, it goes Jalen Hurts at 9-4, Zach Moss at 9-5. And that puts the Jet fan right on the board, you know. I mean, he's staring down a couple of good options, but we'll see where he goes. Peter, what are you thinking? Yeah, unfortunately, it looks like his headphones have cut out at the moment, so he might just have to make his pick, and then we'll explain it for him. But, you know, cut us a break here, you know, first episode here at the Dynasty Monarchy, figuring mm-hmm. out, but we're going to learn on the fly. So um, It happens, you know. A little shit. You can make your pick, and we'll try to explain it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we know, you know Peter, he loves Elijah Moore, and we, we all love Elijah Moore, um, mm-hmm. but... To me personally, I feel like the hype has almost gotten too far with Elijah Moore. Um, you got Odell saying he's going to be all pro. You got AJ uh, AJ Brown saying that he'll put his game check that whole win rookie of the year. I mean, like, hey, these guys are talking. I, I haven't seen it from him in preseason. We've seen some stuff mm-hmm. in practice versus the Jets defense, but I'd love to see it, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, we were kind of talking about this earlier. I think Corey Davis is easily going to be the one in that offense this year, especially he's only 26, 27. And uh, Max, we talk about it all the time. We think that's, I mean, that's right in the middle of the prime for a wide receiver. So we saw Corey Davis break out uh, quite a bit last year and become a really stable fantasy option. Uh, But that's neither here nor there. I think there are just too many mouths to feed in that offense just this year. And um, I think, Elijah Moore, I view him primarily as a slot guy, so I think you know he's going to have a pretty hard time having to beat out Jameson Crowder, who has been rock solid out of the slot for a handful of years now. Already mentioned Corey Davis, um, and yeah, I think worst. I mean, best case scenario, he he has a chance to be like the wide receiver three there in a Jets offense that you know get Zach Wilson driving the car. So you know, I don't know how stable that's going to be. So he's more. I mean, from my perspective, I think he's going to be a longer play uh, 2022 and beyond um, when it comes to expecting his breakout. But um, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, oh, Peter, well, welcome back. back. Welcome back. You take over, boss. Sorry, technical difficulties out here. Uh, That's not good. I heard everything you were saying, but for some reason, I don't think my mic was working. Looking at Elijah Moore, all your points are valid. But mm-hmm. again, I say you're at least allowed one homer pick. Yeah, hey, absolutely. In your draft. And with Max stealing Michael Carter from me, I got to <laughs> reach on my boy. I, I look and I see Will Fuller. He's suspended. I think mm-hmm. he could have a chance if Tua gets better. Brandon Cooks is great. He's the only option there. Jarvis Landry's a two. Rondell Moore really showed out, like absolutely showed out in that preseason game. Uh, but I am going to go Elijah Moore. Uh, Odell Beckham's already claimed him as a pro bowler. So yeah. must be true. I'll, I'll Odell's claiming it. <laughs> uh, so it goes uh, from Jace's pick of Tony Pollard to Jalen Hurts, Zach Moss to my pick of Elijah Moore at 9 6. Irv Smith, who's a great tight end, really great value at 9 7. Leonard Fournette at 9 8. And then Max is on the board at 9 9. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys are going to hate me for this pick. But it's what I have to do here. Um, I don't know. We're going to talk about it. His ADP is 129, 128. But um, it's Daryl Henderson. He shouldn't be this high. Oh, man, right. But I am going to take Daryl Henderson, I think, with Daryl Henderson as my running back, too. Or Ronald Mm -hmm. Jones or Michael Carter would be really good. I think Sleeper needs to update his ADP, so it kind of stinks. 
But yeah. for the sake He's of there, the, man. You know, he is here, so I, I think I'm going to have to take him, and I'm sorry to do it. That's for all you guys out there who play in uh, the, the beer league where the guy shows up drunk to the draft. <laughs> that That's that ninth-round pick for you guys. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, mean, if you're looking for Henderson, try to get your buddies to do your draft now on Sleeper because that ADP is not updated. And uh, if he's still hanging around the ninth round, one, he's going to be useful this year. And another thing that I don't think a whole lot of people are talking about, and I don't want to talk about it for too long, but we've seen the injury history of tearing your Achilles with running backs. Um, you know, I don't have it all pulled up in front of me, but just take my word for it. It is not good, the outlook of someone tearing their Achilles. Daryl Henderson is only 23 years old, and, you know, I know he's been banged up to start his career, but what if he stays healthy, and what if he was it becomes what he's drafted to be? Like, who says uh, he can't become a longer-term dynasty asset and not just be relevant in 2021? So, yeah, absolutely. I love Daryl Henderson and um, how low his value is and I mean, the ninth round, that's that's preposterous. He, he won't be there come uh, actual draft season. He was yeah. drafted to be great, right, Jace? <laughs> yeah, right. Shout out to Jason Moore on the fantasy footballers. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't pass up the value there. But, I mean, we're back on my pick at 10-4 after Daryl Henderson. I don't know, Peter, did you discuss who went? Uh, my bad. So it went Daryl Henderson, Rondo Moore at the 9-10. Extreme value there. Mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake, Will Fuller. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Justin Fields at 10-2, who I was hoping would fall to me, and then Deshaun Watson at 10-3. Yeah, so I'm sitting here, and I have four running backs, Daryl Henderson being my fourth. And I only have three receivers right now, so I'm going to take another receiver. And I'm looking at either Corey Davis or Michael Gallup, and to me they're both really close. Um, Corey Davis just signed, got signed by the Jets, but again, it is sadly the Jets still, Peter. So... I think I'm going to go with Michael Gallup, who I think is due for a big year. Dak loves Gallup, and if worse comes to worse, I think it's a free agent year for him, so he can leave next year, and he should get a pretty solid bag. So I'm going to take Gallup here. So it goes Michael Gallup, and I think he could be a, a 2A or a 1B on any offense out there in the league. He's he's great. He's got a lot of talent. Uh, mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry at 1-5, and then – uh, at 10-5, and then Hollywood Brown at 10-6. I'm on the clock here at 10-7. I'm tempted to take quarterback. I really am, and I think I'm going to have to. While I would really love Corey Davis here or uh, somebody like David Johnson to hunker down my backfield at this point, uh, I'm fine with waiting on running back a little bit longer, at least a round or two longer. I look at quarterback Stafford and Tannehill are the two last really good ones. And then Corey Davis is here. Henry Ruggs, a lot of great value at wide receiver, Mike Williams. Uh, But I feel like I really need to lock down my quarterback position since this is going to be a position that starts in any wide receiver pick I take from now on is probably not going to be a starter on my team. Uh, So I'm forced between Tannehill and Stafford. I'm going to diversify my assets. I'm going to buck the trend. Ryan Tannehill has been incredible. He's only getting more. Uh, he's only getting more weapons with the addition of Julio and AJ Brown being back and better than ever. Derrick Henry there. I know I said the argument for Derrick Henry, uh, the argument against Derrick Henry in the beginning was the new offensive coordinator, and there's just too many questions. But I really think this offense is going to help Ryan Tannehill just be a little bit better than he was last year. It's really not that much of a difference, and there's not 
wear and tear on him like Derrick Henry. So I'm going to grab him here at the 10-7. Uh, so it goes Tannehill to Hunter Henry, Henry Ruggs, and then Jace is on the board at 10-10. Oh, this is an auto pick for me. I got Robert Woods on the squad, and uh, Senor Stafford is sitting right there for me at the 10-10 spot. I took the shot on Trey Lance. I was wondering what would get back to me in regards to veteran quarterbacks, and I love Matthew Stafford. I've been a big believer in him since his days in Detroit, and now he's with Sean McVay, so I'm grabbing up. Uh, the Robert Woods, Matthew Stafford stack here. Easiest pick of the draft for me. Oh, yeah, that's a great pick, man. He fell right in your lap. Mm-hmm. Well, I was Peter, worried about him. Peter, you passed on him. I mean, you did it to him. I know, and I would do it again. I just wow. feel like Ryan Tannehill. I feel like Ryan Tannehill has two incredible options at wide receiver, where Matt Stafford has the scheme mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, the Sean McVay factor. I think Ryan Tannehill has. Julio Jones, who's going to be motivated to play, mm-hmm. uh, and A.J. Brown, who is incredible. Derrick Henry, all they got to do is just play action to Henry, and then Julio will be open downfield for a massive bomb. Uh, I can just – I see it now. I'll fall asleep and I'll dream about it. Uh, but <laughs> Tannehill, criminally underrated, and he can also do it with his legs. Uh, Absolutely. So after Stafford goes Mike Williams, Corey Davis – David Johnson and Kenneth Gainwell at 11-2. We're getting into our last two rounds here, the 11th and the 12th. All these other extra rounds are kind of fanfare rounds, whatever you like. Uh, there is still strategy to it, especially if you're going to go kicker or whatever mm-hmm. uh, in defense. But just for this episode, we're only going to be going 12 rounds. Uh, and then Jace is on the clock at 11-3. Yeah, so I'm looking at these picks, and there are a few wide receivers that I'm pretty interested in. Terrace Marshall, I'm not, you know, I think a lot of the camp um, hype and the Twitter hype is people are expecting him to produce this year. I really don't expect that. They got Robbie and DJ Moore there, and on top of that, they're bringing Christian McCaffrey back, who was over 100 targets um, in 2019. So, um, you know, I don't think there's going to be that much for him. I'm out on Jalen Rager. Uh, we'll see what he can turn into. Maybe he can prove me wrong. Don't trust the quarterback situation. Darnell Mooney, super intriguing to me. But, you know, he's a two there, and I don't know if Fields, you know, I don't know. I don't think the history is on the side of rookie quarterbacks supporting two um, fantasy-relevant wide receivers. So my pick here, another guy I'm huge, um, I'm, like, extremely high on this year. God forbid George Kittle misses time, and he, you know, keeps stringing along that narrative. Uh, I'm grabbing Johnu Smith, who I think has a really good shot of becoming. Johnu, yeah, I, I think he can be a the number one target for Cam Newton as long as he's a starter, and I think he could be a great safety blanket for Mac Jones as well. And he's a beast after the catch. So Johnu Smith with my eleven three. Now he's labeled as a tight end, but he should have running back there, right, Chase? Yeah, I mean, I'm all for that. <laughs> I would love to slot that into my RB. I mean, yeah, if he's getting the work and catching passes, he can be my running back. Absolutely. Pitch it to him all day, baby. I'm all for it. Choo-choo. Uh, Choo-choo-choo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it goes Janu to Devin Singletary, Jalen Rager to 11-5. I look at my team, I'm very weak at running back uh, in the sense of not being deep. I wouldn't say weak, actually. Uh, and I see this guy eyeing me up right here. He had a couple top 24 finishes last year. I believe he had a couple top 12 finishes as well. Uh, he's going to have a lot of pass catching work out of the backfield in Indianapolis. He's also mm-hmm. only 24 years old. 
I'm going to grab Naheem Hines here. I still feel like mm-hmm. they've pumped the brakes on the Jonathan Taylor three-down back train, uh, especially with the injury to Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz. I love Hines this year just as one of those later guys. And again, for dynasty's sake, he's only 24. Uh, for right. a, a, having an 11th round running back that's 24 that has an established role in an offense is pretty rare. Uh, then it goes from the 11 6 of Naheem Hines, it goes Robert Tunyon, 11 7, Darnell Mooney, 11 8. I know that's a snipe on Max, and then 11 9. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure Sleeperbot knows who we want to pick and just takes them beforehand. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Sleeperbot didn't know that I was a big fan of Amar um, St. Brown. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you guys know. I'm a pretty big Lions fan. I love that they play on Thanksgiving every year. And I like to follow them. I love Jared Goff. Like, he's my boy. And he, he looked re- pretty good yesterday, too. So, I know, Peter, you talked on how Hawkins is, like, the only target. But... One of the wide receivers has to do well. And I think uh, my man St. Brown's got a pretty good chance. So I'll take the high uh, up. Quintez play Cephas. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, they got him, Tyra Williams, <laughs> Perryman. They have a lot of players, but I think St. Brown's really talented. So I'm going to take No, him. you're right. I'm just pulling your chain. He's got no. the draft capital, too. So I think he's going to be an animal. And uh, he's a freak. Of, I mean, he's a freak athlete. Yeah. Um, check out some pictures of him, man. That kid is juicy. Absolutely juicy, ripped to the gills. Oh, yeah, yeah. Juicy. Love that pick, Are you man. sure it's juicy? Is that the the word that we're using? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got a buddy. <laughs> I got a buddy. His name's Corbin Williams. Shout out to Corbin Williams. He is throwing me on the juicy train. So, yeah, no, he he's he's got the juice, man, filled with it. Hey, I, all I'm, right, I'm down for it. <laughs> we got Juice Master Amon Roth St. Brown going at eleven nine. Uh, just a quick note about him. The Jets last year had the worst offense in league history, I believe. Uh, if it wasn't the worst, it was the second worst. And Jameson Crowder had fantasy value mm-hmm. to an extreme extent. So there will be one wide receiver on every team that has some fantasy value. Uh, so maybe it's him. Uh, right. Moving forward at the eleven ten, Chuba Hubbard, Terrence Marshall, Logan Thomas, Zach Wilson, Alexander Madison, Gus Bus. I think they are sniping you, Max. Dude, no, dude. they and don't then, know who I want. And then 12-4, <laughs> at the 12-4, Max's last pick. Uh, who's he going to take? Let's see. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots. <laughs> um, 10 carries, 127 yards, two touchdowns in his preseason game. So I think Sonny Michelle, obviously, he's washed. I think Damian Harris is like the trap pick this year. I really think Ramondre Stevenson can come out and win the starting job and just explode. He's only 23, went to Oklahoma, so like he can play with the big schools. I think it's a no-brainer pick for me here, so I'm going to go with him. Wow. Dude, not going to lie. I thought you were kidding about that pick. <laughs> no, no. Uh, no, he no did doubt. look really good. He looked really good, especially he, against a very good defense in yeah, Washington. He really yeah, no played doubt. well. No doubt. I'd like for him to prove me wrong. Absolutely. I, I get a little bit worried about that being a true three-head monster like Belichick's used to. You know, Rex Burkhead is out now. You know, they need someone to fill that role. So I'm a little bit worried he just jumps in and fills the Rex Burkhead type roles. But hey, man, if you see it, pick it. So I'm all for it. So it goes from Stevenson uh, to Evan Engram at 12-5 to a tug of Iloa at 12-6. And then I'm on the board with my last pick at 12-7. Uh, I don't think any of us have picked backup quarterbacks. I don't think any of us are. That's what those little bit later rounds are, are more for. Uh, 
I look at running back, I see Philip Lindsay, who is apparently the number one in Houston, uh, mm-hmm. according to their new uh, depth chart. You have Jamal Williams here and J.D. McKissick, who are two great handcuffs to have uh, in case of those backs going down. The wide receivers I'm not really thrilled with, uh, and I need another running back on my team. So I'm actually going to go uh, with the anime master, Jamal Williams. Hmm. He came out in a press conference earlier this year saying that anime gives him superpowers to play. Watching anime gives him superpowers to play in the NFL. Uh, and how can you deny that? How can you deny that pick in the seventh round in the 12th round, uh, mm-hmm. 12-7 overall? He's going to get a lot of passing work out of the backfield as well. He's going to spell uh, – DeAndre Swift, when he gets too much of the workload as well, I think he's a great pick uh, for any team. Uh, Peter, you know, I can tell you actually how you deny the pick. Um, in the, not that preseason means that much. But nine carries for 15 yards, I mean, Ooh. I think I think that Jared I gotta Dolph, do my research. Jared Dolph <laughs> can run more than that. I mean, 1.7 yards a carry for a guy that they signed and you bring him in. I wasn't impressed with them in the preseason game. I love my Lions. I I don't know. I don't really. I'm not. I wasn't that impressed. Nine for fifteen is pretty bad. The one thing that I would like to add to that though is I don't think they went out and signed Jamal Williams to be an in between the tackles guy. When he was with Green Bay, he was always their pass catching back, um, stepping in when Aaron Jones needed a breather. So I I still really like him for the Lions because I do think they're going to be down in a lot of games and throwing the ball. So I think. You know, pass catching being his best ability. Um, I, I I think, you know, the low rushing total in the preseason, that's a bummer. But I think he still has a great path to be relevant for the Lions. And God forbid Swift go down, like, you know, the volume itself will be enough to make him um, a really solid running back for your fantasy team. No, I, I, I do agree. But he was, he was trying to be like, I don't know, he has like dreadlocks now and he was wearing like Alvin Kamara type tape and. He thought he was cooler than he was, and he put up 15 <laughs> yards on nine carries. So I'm out on Jamal. Get him preseason. out of here. Uh, preseason. Yeah. Anything good in the preseason, 100% could have happened. It's real. Anything bad in this preseason, it's the preseason. Calm down. Right, right. You know, maybe he didn't watch anime the, uh, before he the game. He you probably know? forgot to watch Jujutsu Kaisen before <laughs> the game. You're right. Uh, so after Jamal Williams uh, at 2-7, it goes Baker Mayfield, Max's homer boy. Uh, Devontae Parker, and then at the 12-5, we have Jace's last pick and the last pick of the draft. Yeah, so... Or uh, us, I'm gonna, that is. Yeah, yeah, so just for the purpose of ending the draft, this isn't really a guy that I've been drafting a whole lot of, but I'm kind of coming around on. I think Houston needs um, a guy that is just one move away from taking it to the house, and I think that's why Lindsey is currently listed as their number one guy. I think, you know, any home run they they can get, they're going to put him in the lineup, so... Philip Lindsay, I don't, I, you know, I really think the Houston situation is really gross. But if anyone's going to take a, an ADR to the house on that team, it's it's Philip Lindsay. So feels gross, but for the purpose of ending this draft, I need another running back to um, solidify some depth. So or depth, <laughs> maybe that's what this pick is going to lead to. But depth is what I meant to say. So Philip Lindsay with the the twelve ten spot. So Philip Lindsay goes TB twelve at the twelve eleven. Uh, and then Adam Troutman at the 12-12. Mm. So that's our fantasy draft. That's our first mock draft. Everyone give it up for the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, first mock draft. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have producer uh, producer Kara, producer Jace, 
whoever our producer is at this point yeah. put in a, a yeah, one clapping of our track. Yeah, one of our it. one of our girlfriends, uh, except for mine, she doesn't exist. Slight burn. Sorry, didn't did not mean to do that. No, it's okay. I'm coming around on it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, but that's our mock draft. Uh, for a recap of it, we're going to post all of our individual teams on Twitter, uh, on the Dynasty Monarchy page on Twitter, which is at Dynasty Monarchy. And you can tell us who won the draft. We'll have a little poll out. We'll see how many people can engage. Again, we would love, love, love to hear from you guys on Twitter. DM us uh, for a chance to be featured on next week's episode. If you DM us a good enough question with a little bit of thought in it, and maybe a couple cool emojis at the end, we'll definitely feature it uh, in the episode at some point. (laughs) Uh, But that's all that we got for the episode. Uh, What do you guys, you have any closing remarks? Yeah, I'll I'll kick us off. Closing remarks. I I really enjoyed a mock draft. I think we all went our own ways. I know, um, Jace, you went two running backs to kick us off. Peter, you kind of went with like, the two RB and then I kind of went one RB. So we all have our different ways and I think we all have good teams, but we'll put it out on mm-hmm. Twitter, like you said, and I'm excited to just keep producing and I hope uh, the fans enjoyed it. Yeah. I got nothing more to add. I think that was extremely well summed up by Max and, you know, I'm excited to keep this thing moving and yeah, just like Max said, I really hope you guys enjoyed that because or this mock draft, because at the end of the day, we're trying to become a tool for our fans. Um, yeah. So from our side, you know, peace out. And uh, we hope to catch you listening to the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so at the end of every episode, we're going to do, fitting with a the theme, uh, a medieval quote that has something to do with what we did on the show at some point. Uh, so mm-hmm. I took a quote from Machiavelli, very famous uh, Italian writer in his book, The Prince. It says, men will not look at things as they are. They will not look at things as they are, but as they wish them to be and are ruined by it. So remember, when you're drafting, listen to Machiavelli. Look at your team. (laughs) Assess it as it is. Don't try to say Joe Mixon's going to play all 17 games this year. Mm -hmm. Don't try to say that Josh Jacobs' pass game isn't going to get eaten into. And then you can assess your draft during it. And then during trades after it as well, trying to get better every single day. So never look too optimistically on your team. Never look too pessimistically on your team. Look at it as it is. And that's the only way that you're going to be able to get better. Mm -hmm. Uh, With that being said, thank you all for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Uh, Beyond that, we love all of our fans, especially those who are here for the first episode. One more round of applause for the first episode. Yeah, shout out, shout out to all y'all. Shout out all you guys. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell my fellow kings and queens.